And good morning. How does a guy get hair like that guy over there? Would you mind praying for me after service, bro? And asking God to give me the hair anointing like you have. So great to be with you. And I love coming to a church that'll let their musicians wear an Astros jersey for worship. <laughs> Go, Bear. Thank you for having me back. Would you raise your hand to the sky and just say, Lord, I open my mind and my heart to receive your word. And I declare that by your word, I will be changed. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You know, have you noticed that you can tell where people are from by the way they talk? I I loved how the brother from Germany says... We're so thankful. Well, by that, you know where he's from. If you're walking around up in New York, people in Brooklyn, if you've ever been there, you know, they don't drink coffee. They drink coffee. And when you hear someone say it like that, you know where they're from, right? My wife is from the Midwest. She's a Wisconsin girl. They don't drink soda. They drink pop. Any Midwesterners in here? You come down here to the South, we drink coffee. You you, you get like three syllables out of it, coffee, right? You just know, we we use the word y'all down here in the South. You can tell where people are from by the way they talk. I want to talk to you today about moving to the neighborhood where God lives and talking like God talks. We're going to read Psalm chapter 87. He has founded his city on the holy mountain. 87 Psalms. The Lord loves the gates of Zion. Say this word, loves. So he loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwellings of Jacob. That's kind of like God saying, I love Houston more than Philadelphia. Only Houstonites can laugh at that joke today, right? We pray for Philadelphia, Lord. Have mercy on them tomorrow when they lose in Jesus' name. I didn't hear an amen out there from anybody. It was like, I know it's kind of being funny, but I'm kind of serious too. Verse three, it says, glorious things are said of thee, city of God. It calls Zion the city of God. Now, verse four, it says, I'll record Rahab. In other words, I'll take notice Rahab. That's another city. Or Babylon, among those who acknowledge me. Philistia, Tyre, Cush. But I will say this one and that one was born in Zion. How does God know? Because Zion people talk different, act different, think different. We're going to get into that in a little bit here. 
But before too long in this service, you're going to pack your bags and leave the neighborhood you've been living in. And you're going to move to the neighborhood where God lives. How many of you want to live as God with your neighbor? Hmm? Indeed, verse 5 of Zion, it will be said, this one and that one were born in her and the most high himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples. And he'll say, this one was born in Zion. And lastly, verse 7, as they make music, they will sing, all of my fountains are in you. Hey, by the way, a little clue. People who live in Zion, they love music. That's going to become clearer to you as the message unfolds. Look at these scriptures Psalm chapter 9, I'm going to just blow right through them real fast. Verse 11, it says, sing praises to the Lord enthroned, guess where? Can you say it out loud? Say the word, Zion. Look at verse 74, verse 2. Psalms, Mount Zion where you dwell is what that scripture says. Psalm 76, verse 2 says, his dwelling place is in Zion. But the, but the one that's very curious to me is Psalms 132, verse 13. It says, for the Lord has chosen Zion. See, God has a choice. He looked around. He said, mm, don't want to live over there. Eh, don't want to live over there. Oh, this is where I want to live. He says, I'm choosing Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling. Does this peak? Your curiosity at all? Is anyone curious? Where is this place where God dwells? Is it somewhere over in Israel? No, Israel's beautiful. I hope you get to go one day. But that's there is a mountain over there. They call it Zion. But this is even more special than that. That's going to unfold as the message unfolds. You're going to realize this place is very special. And I want you to look at scripture. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 12. This is a powerful scripture that tells us about what all is in Zion. Are you ready? Jeremiah 31 verse 12. It says, they will come and shout for joy in the heights of Zion. Two things there. Zion dwellers, they're a shouting people and they're a joyful people. Okay, one brother got it back there. He clapped really loud. Here we go. I'm going to try it again. They're a shouting people and they're a joyful people. You see... When I was sitting over there this morning and watching the worship team and the musicians and they're going for it and the little brother with the beanie cap, he's sitting over here and says, you've been better than good. You've been better than good. I'm like, he lives in Zion. I'm having what he's having. Thank you very much. He lives in Zion. They'll come, they'll shout in the house. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord. What's the bounty of the Lord? Well, he points it out. He says the grain. It says the new wine and oil, the young of the flocks and herds. It says they will be like a well-watered garden and they will sorrow no more. Look at this neighborhood where God lives. First of all, it says there'll be grain. Grain stands for bread. Bread stands for provision. Where God lives, there will always be provision. 
You will never lack. You will never go hungry. At God's table, there's always provision. God has promised you that you will never lack bread. Your children will never lack bread. And I can say like the psalmist David, I've been young, I'm now older, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen their children begging for bread. Ladies and gentlemen, your children will never beg for bread. There will always be bread on your table. Can anybody shout for joy right there? See, just that alone is enough to get us happy. But that's only the first one. It says there'll be grain. Now look at the second one. It says there'll be wine in Zion. Now, wine in the Bible represents quite a few things. But I'll sum it up that wine represents mirth. Happiness, joy. People who live in Zion are happy people. People who are living in the neighborhood of God are glad people, are joyful people. Did you know that God gave you joy to give you strength? There's a lot of people walking around without any strength because they don't have any more joy. In Zion, there's lots of joy. In Zion, there's laughter. In Zion, there's rejoicing. In Zion, there's gladness. You know, God was so serious about the joy thing that he gave every family at least one comedian. At least. Every family has one. In fact, when I just said that, you thought of the family member who is your comedian. Oh, yeah, that's grandma. Or that's my aunt or my uncle or my brother, my sister, my cousin. Somebody in your family is a funny person. That's God's design. Now, if you can't think of who the funny person is in your family, it's because it's you. (laughs) Plain and simple. You see, God wants you to have joy. And the devil knows that the joy brings you strength, so he's always trying to steal your joy. Don't let him steal your joy. Some of you are living over in those neighborhoods of sadness. Neighborhoods of depression. Have you heard that old song? It's a country western song. You have to sing it with a bloodhound. Next to you, an old untuned guitar. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. How many of you heard this worship tune? <laughs> Got a neighbor singing it every afternoon. If I had no bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. And I don't know why I sing this with a southern drawl. Gloom, despair, and agony. Get out of that gloomy neighborhood. Come on over to the Zion neighborhood where God dwells. Anybody interested in moving? It's moving day. Get out of that sad place. Come live in Zion. There's joy in Zion. Number three, there's oil. Man, we could talk about oil all day. The Bible is so full of references of oil and there's all kinds of teaching on oil, but I'm going to just summarize it as oil represents healing. 
and it represents anointing. You see, people who live in Zion live under this shower of oil that comes from the presence of God and it heals your wounds. It heals your diseases. The Bible says that Jesus took our sickness on the cross of Calvary. He bore our disease. He took our pain. You can live pain-free when you move into the neighborhood of God. And anointing, I love the whole idea of anointing. There's that scripture in Psalm that talks about the anointing that flows from the top of Aaron's head. Aaron was the chief priest and it flows down, drips off of his beard. I've been watching this beard walking around here this morning, taking pictures. Tall, skinny young man. I don't know what what his name is, but boy, what a beard. His beard should have its own Instagram page because it's just, it's, it's living. It's a living, breathing, moving. I don't know where he is, but God bless you, brother. But I, when I think of that scripture in Psalm, I, and I looked at his beard this morning, I was, oh, look, there's Aaron. The, Aaron. the beard of Aaron's walking around here at Inspired Church. <laughs> What's that guy's name? You all know him, see? Y'all know who I'm talking about. And, 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 and can you imagine just walking around with the anointing of the Lord just dripping off of your clothes, dripping off of your beard? This is what happens when you move into Zion, the place where God lives. Anointing just falls on you and you're dripping anointing. And when you're dripping anointing, people will be blessed by your life. Man, I'm preaching good this morning. Mm. Number four. So what was number one? Grain. Wine, oil. Now, here we come to an interesting one, right? It says, the young of the flocks and the herds. Hmm, wonder what he means by that. You know, when I first read this scripture a long time ago, I read that part of the young of the flocks and herds kind of fast. (laughs) Does that ever happen to you when you don't really understand what the scripture says? You just kind of read it fast because you don't really get it. So so I was reading, "Mm, Jeremiah 31, 12. So come, shout, joy. There'll be wine, there'll be oil, there'll be gladness, there'll be shouting. The young of the flock and the herds. And they'll be rejoicing for... So one day I decided I needed to stop and meditate. Wonder what he was talking about with the young of the flock and the herds. And all of a sudden, it hit me. When they're writing this, this is an agrarian society. How did they measure wealth? Flocks. And herds. They didn't have bank accounts. They had flocks and herds. What's God saying? He's saying to you that your bank account will never will never falter. That you will have more than enough. He's going to give you bread and wine and oil, but you'll also have abundance so that you can be a blessing to other people. You see, because God always blesses so that you can be a blessing to others. It's not just about the bread you'll have at your table, but he will also provide so that you can be a blessing to your neighbor, to your families. You will have flocks and herds. Now, that scripture might literally apply to some of you since we're in Texas. You might have a flock or a herd. And if that's the case, God's going to give you more. But in the case of some of us who don't have herds and flocks, what it means is there's going to be enough provision for you. Maybe you run a beauty shop. Mm-hmm. And what he's, what he's saying here is going to leave enough hair on people's heads for you to beautify. 
right? I'm looking at the brother down here on the front row. With just a shiny, you know, the Shekinah glory of God shining off of his head. He has no more hair. And the guy right behind him, boy, you guys sat right together there. I'm getting a double portion of the glory of God right here off of <laughs> See, but a barber looks at these guys and goes, mm, man. But God's saying to you, he, here's another one. Right? Boy, you guys should start a club in this house. God says he's going to leave just enough hair for you to have people walking through your beauty shop, people walking through your barber shop, and people giving you enough money. God's going to provide for you in abundance. He's going to be good to you. Maybe you're a car mechanic. <laughs> and what he's saying here is a flock, a young of the flock and the herds, he's going to have just enough cars break down for you to have good business. You say, Pastor, I don't receive that. I don't want my car breaking down. What it means is God's going to be plentiful to you. God's going to be abundant to you. You know, have you ever seen a baby walking around worried about the gas prices? Hmm? It's like, oh, dad, I don't know. Gas just went up. What are we going to do? No. Children who know who they are and children who knows who, who their daddies are, they walk around saying, I don't care that the gas prices went up. My father owns the cattle on all the hills in all the world and he owns the gold and the silver inside of those hills. Somebody's going to get happy this morning. God's saying to you, I'm going to provide in abundance to you. You will never lack. You will always have more than enough. Come live in Zion. Come live where God lives. When you live where God lives, you're going to have more than enough. Somebody needed that word this morning. Just reach out and receive that word for you this morning. More than enough. He's the God of more than enough. I love the fifth one. How many more are there, Marcos? Only six. And we're on five. And I got a huge clock right there in front of me. Number five. He says their soul will be like a well-watered garden. Mm. Have you ever walked through a garden after they've watered it? The roses smell good. The ground smells wet. It's just pleasant. It's nice. And I love what he says. Your soul. You know, down in your soul is where you got all your worries and your cares and your emotions. Sometimes you're glad. Sometimes you're sad. And he says, I'm going to make your soul a beautiful smelling, well-watered garden. You know, have you seen some Christians that when they walk into a room... They just bring this freshness about them. Anybody over here? Maybe I'll get a better response over here. Have you ever seen Christians who when they walk into a room, they got a freshness about them. They, they just, something, something's encouraging about. Have you ever seen people that you can see them from, from 10 yards away and you know they're bringing a blessing with them? Have you ever seen these kind of folks? That's the kind of person I want to be. That's the kind of person you want to be. That's the kind of people who live in the neighborhood of God. Have you seen these people when they're coming at you 
10 yards away, you go, oh, I'm going to walk away from that guy because he don't bring a blessing. Have you ever been around those folks? I'm not going to be that kind of person. Say, I'm not going to be that kind of person. There's just some people when they walk in, they just bring this smell about them. They're just griping and complaining. Their soul was all smelly. I was on a plane three days ago, sitting there just minding my business. People were getting on this plane and all of a sudden somebody went by. And the whole place changed. Because this person hadn't fellowship with water or soap in a while. Have you ever been in those places? You go, mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, Lord, bless that person in Jesus' name. But bless them back there, Lord. I felt so, I don't know where this person sat back there, but boy, those folks had to have grace. You don't want to be that person. Say, I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. When you move into the neighborhood of God, your soul It's like a well-watered garden. You're a blessing. You smell good. You got deodorant on. You put on some perfume in Jesus' name. And I'm not talking about outside. I'm talking about in your attitude. There's perfume in your attitude. There's perfume in the way you talk. There's perfume. Oh, somebody help me preach this morning. There's perfume in the way you live. You just smell good. Woo! And here's the last one. It says you will sorrow. No more. There won't be any more sorrow in God's neighborhood. Some of you need to pack your bags and get over here to the neighborhood of God. So you're asking me, where is this place, Marcos? How do I find this place? Great question. I'm glad you asked. It's so simple. You're going to be so surprised here in a minute because you've read this scripture many, many times, but you didn't see it in this light. And God's about to show you something that's going to change the way you live. Isn't that amazing about the word of God? You know, pastor, I've been preaching the word of God for 41 years, full time in ministry. And I still am amazed at how powerful the word of God is to change our life. You're Your life is about to be changed. I'm going to read a scripture in the light of everything I've been preaching. And your life is about to be changed. Are you ready? I know you are. Psalms chapter 22, verse 3. It's as simple as this. Psalms 22, verse 3 says, But you are holy. You who dwell. You who live. You who inhabit. That means live. The praises of your people. That's simple. What does that mean? That means that every time you sing a song, God dwells in the midst of that song. Every time you shout, God says, mm, I want to go there. Every time you clap, God says, oh, I want to be over there. I mean, that means that every time you worship, God listens to you. He turns to the angels of heaven and he says, excuse me for a minute, but I promised my children that if they would sing to me, if they would worship me, I would come down and dwell among them. I'll be right back. I'm coming down to dwell in the praises of Inspire Church in Houston. Anybody going to shout to him this morning? Anybody going to shout to him today? Are you going to praise him? 
come on over to Zion. Now sit down, I'm not done just yet. (laughs) You see, Zion dwellers just talk different. Zion dwellers sound different. Do you remember in, in Psalm 87, we're talking about that God would register the people from the earth? Do you all remember reading that at the beginning of my message? Watch what happens. So God's seated on the throne. And it's the great day. Everybody's coming in. And he's registering people. And, and here comes the other neighborhood, the intellectual neighborhood. They studied a lot. They got lots of doctor's degrees. They walking around, they go, oh, look at that. There's streets of gold. Oh, not going to get excited about that. I mean, it said it in the word. Why should I get excited about it? They're walking in, all high and mighty. Oh, look, there's Jesus. Hey, Jesus. Nice to see you. Aren't you glad to see me? I made it in. That's how they act. And Jesus looks at them and says, Yeah, I know where they're from. Come on in. Come on in. Your folks are over there, right? And, and, then, and then there's the barely mated by the skin of my teeth people. Oh, God. I don't know how I made it. But here I am, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Help me. I'm going to make it to the end. And they are the ones that sing those songs of sadness. Man, this illustration is harder to do the older I get. <laughs> My knees. Jesus looks at them and says, yeah, yeah, I know where you guys live. Come on in. I mean, drag yourself in. Yeah, all your folks have dragged themselves over in that little corner over there. But then all of a sudden, Jesus here. Off in the distance. He goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And he looks over there and he sees a dust cloud. And he hears some trumpets. And he hears some electric guitar going. He hears a tambourine and that solidified. He goes, I know who those folks are coming up. Those are my Zion people. Those are my Zion dwellers. Those are my worshipers. Those are my shouters. Those are my dancers. Those are my singers. Those are my praisers. Anybody going to get excited in here today? Any Zion dwellers here today? How about up there? How about up there? You can always tell when somebody lives in Zion by the way they dance, Mm. by the way they sing, by the way they clap their hands, by the way they worship God, by the way they shout for joy. Can you shout this morning? Shout with a voice of triumph. Listen, here, let's do this. Everybody stand up because I'm, I'm done. Watch what's, 
What's, what, God's going to speak to you again. How many of you just received a revelation from God? This one. Just opened up your eyes. You see, folks, we don't... Yeah, y'all come on out. Come on out. We don't sing and worship to fill up church time. I didn't hear you. Come on. I'll, give me a second. I'm going to try it again. We don't sing and worship to fill up church time. We want to live where God lives. He lives in the praises of his people. Now, now we, listen to this. Now, some of you are going to need, you're going to need revelation spirit here in a minute to, to understand this. This means that if you worship in a traffic jam on Interstate 45... God turns to the angel and says, excuse me. I'm going down in that car because I promise that everywhere people worship me, I'll descend on the praises of my people. And, and the angels, the Houston angels, they say, wait a minute, God, don't you know that's 45? And God says, I don't care where it is. I promise. I promise. I said, I promise. Everywhere my people will praise me. I will. Just That means that it could be you washing dishes. You've been better than good to me. You put them in the dishwasher. You grab another one. Now you got a pot. You're scrubbing that dirty old pot. You got... Thank you for this pot and all this dried up spaghetti in the bottom of it. It means you've been faithful. You've been providing. You've been giving us. You've been providing food for my house. Thank you, Jesus. And he comes down and he dwells in the midst. That means you could be in the shower. Get real good under here, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> that was just a little extra. And you're in there worshiping. God will worship in the shower with you. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're worshiping, he will show up. Invite him here. Invite him here. All right. Now, some of you have been living over there in that neighborhood of grumbling and complaining. I don't know why God always blesses everybody else but me. Get out of that neighborhood. Pack up your bags. Get out of there. There ain't nothing good in that neighborhood. Ain't nothing good in that neighborhood. I think I'll write a song about that. Ain't nothing good in the gripping neighborhood. <laughs> it's all bad. You're only going to be sad in the gripping neighborhood. Mm. All right, hang on. Stop right there. Some of you are in that neighborhood of hurt, offended. Man, get out of that neighborhood. 
that's going to turn into bitterness. There's not going to be any fruit when you got a root. A bitterness is no fruit. There's another song. Uproot that root so there can be some fruit. Man, I'm on fire today. Lift your, lift your hands to the sky. Everybody, I don't know what neighborhood you're in, but God's inviting you today. He's saying, hey, sweetheart. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Pack up your bags out of that neighborhood. Come over here. Dwell in the neighborhood where there's oil and wine and healing and provision and bread. You'll never sorrow anymore. God's doing a work. God's doing a work. He wants to uproot all that hurt. All my life you have been faithful. Can you say those words? All my life you have been so, so good with every prayer. Every breath that I I will sing, oh, I will sing of the goodness. 